Welcome to this week's sermon at Village Presbyterian Church. At Village, we seek to be shaped by the life of Christ, to practice authentic friendship, and serve the world. You're invited to join us at either our Mission Campus or our Antioch Campus. For now, we hope you hear a word for your own life in this sermon. We have two brief scripture readings for our service uh, today. The first comes from the 15th chapter of Acts. I'll be reading verses 36 through 40, and then we'll flip over to 2 Timothy, the fourth chapter. I'll be reading verses 9, 10, and 11. As we come to these passages, join me first with a word of prayer. Gracious God, because you are a God, it is your word and your word alone that is life for us. And because you are gracious, we trust that you will speak to us even now. We are here, O God. We are listening. In the name of Christ we pray. Amen. Now, Acts 15, beginning with verse 36. After some days, Paul said to Barnabas, Come, let us return and visit the believers in every city where we proclaim the word of God and see how they are doing. Barnabas wanted to take with them John, called Mark. But Paul decided not to take with them one who had deserted them in Pamphylia and had not accompanied them in their work. The disagreement became so sharp that they parted company. Barnabas took Mark with him and sailed to Cyprus. But Paul chose Silas and set out, the believers commending him to the grace of the Lord. And now from 2 Timothy, Paul writes this, Do your best to come to me soon. Redeemus, in love with this present world, has deserted me and gone to Thessalonica. Crescens has gone to Galatia, Titus to Dalmatia. Only Luke is with me. Get Mark and bring him with you, for he is useful in my ministry. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our God shall stand forever. Amen. So were we to read the New Testament from the beginning through to the end, uh, when we reach this letter of Paul, 2 Timothy, it would surprise us. Uh, We find the apostle convinced that he is in his last days, and he wants to gather his friends to him one more time. Do your best to come before winter, he says. There's nothing surprising about that. What surprises us is he wants Mark. Get Mark. He is useful to my ministry. He is useful to me. We read in Acts the last time we heard about Paul and Mark. They were colleagues. They shared the gospel. They were friends. They had been on a missionary journey together, but 
something happened. We don't quite know the details, but Mark was traveling with Paul, and Mark decides not to continue. In Pamphylia, he, they separate, and Mark goes back to Jerusalem. Later, Paul and Barnabas, they want to take another missionary journey, visit the churches, and offer them encouragement. Barnabas says, hey, let's take Mark with us. And Paul says, no way. He abandoned me before. He's not coming this time. Uh, the division between Paul and Barnabas on this became so sharp, they decided to separate. And Barnabas took Mark with him. Paul chose Silas. This moment reads like the earliest split in the church. It was painful, no doubt. But by the time we get to Timothy, Paul says, get Mark. Timothy, do your best to come to me before winter. I'm not sure I'll last through winter, but get Mark. Bring him with you. He is useful to my ministry. He is useful to me. Now, I don't know what happened, but somewhere off stage to us, it seems Paul and Mark reconciled. Whatever the problem was that kept them apart, they put it behind them. Paul forgave Mark, or maybe it was Mark who forgave Paul, but somehow... They put that aside and held on to their friendship. It's a beautiful moment when Paul is most in need. It is Mark he thinks of. Bring Mark. He's good. We've been talking about friendship. And sometimes friendship requires forgiveness. It's just unavoidable. Because none of us has it all together all the time when we get to know people, when we befriend them, when we journey in life with them, we will discover that sometime they're going to let us down. Sometime they might disappoint us. Worse than that, sometimes they might hurt us deeply. And for friendships to last, and sometimes for friendships to grow, we have to learn something about forgiveness. And it's hard you know, Jesus forgave the world, and he demonstrated that through crucifixion. Forgiveness is something of a crucifixion experience. Uh, forgiveness is not, is not what happens when something injurious happens, something bad happened, and now we say, it's okay, don't worry about it, forget about it, it, it it's okay. That's not forgiveness. Forgiveness is when something bad has happened, and it's not okay, and it can't be fixed. And we choose to hold on to the relationship anyway. It's hard. I want to tell you about Jean. I've told you about her before. She was in my church in, in Florida. She loved the flowers, and, and, and she was active in the women's study group, and she loved her husband, George. They were together 53 years before cancer took him. It was sometimes six, eight months after his death, I stopped by. We shared a cup of coffee in her kitchen. We chatted a bit, and then, and then we got to it. She said, Tom, I... 
I know people think I'm doing okay, but I'm, I'm lost. We were married 53 years. I, I, I can't remember life without him. Nothing seems right. I said, Jean, George sure loved you. She put her coffee down and she said, he did, didn't he? <laughs> it surprised me that she seemed kind of surprised by it. I said, well, Jean, of course he did. You were together 53 years. She looked at me and she said, Tom, can you imagine how many times over those 53 years we gave each other reason not to love each other? Don't take it for granted. I imagine she was right. You know, life together can be hard. And for friendships to hang in, sometimes it's going to require forgiveness. I don't know what it was that made Mark decide to leave Paul. I don't know if Paul hurt him or if Mark disappointed Paul. I don't know if they had a theological disagreement or if Mark just got scared. I don't know what separated them, but that separation created injury that Paul had a hard time letting go of. And later he said, no, he can't come with me. But then more time passed. And he said, get Mark. I need to see Mark one more time. Now, I don't know how that changed. Maybe Paul realized he didn't want to die without making things right with Mark. I don't know. But I know in these verses we hear something of reconciliation. Bring Mark, for he is good for my ministry. Bring Mark, he's good for me. I need to see Mark one more time. It's forgiveness. The theologian who's, who's fed me the most in this, in this concept of forgiveness is Dr. Miroslav Volf. He teaches at Yale Divinity School, but, but Miroslav, he grew up in, in Croatia when it was still Yugoslavia for a variety of reasons, but for no real cause. He was viewed as a national security threat and therefore experienced multiple military interrogations. His lead interrogator he calls Captain G. And he describes it this way. He said, my interrogations could be categorized as a mid-level form of abuse greater than an insult or a blow, but mild compared to the torture and suffering that could be inflicted of those trained in Red Army methods. Yet, even afterwards, my mind was enslaved by the abuse I had suffered. It was as if Captain G moved into the household of my mind ensconced himself in its living room, and I had to live around him. But then Volf says, forgiveness is it's tied to memory. It, you know, some teach us it, it, if there's been injury, if there's been injustice, if there's been, if there's been hurt, remember it, that it never happens again. Wolf has a different kind of offering. He says we must 
remember rightly. We choose what to remember, which is also a way of saying we choose what to forget. If we're going to stay in friendships for long, then there are going to be some hurts. There are going to be some disappointments. There are going to be some surprises. There are going to be some injuries that we're going to need to just let go to forget. It's what Wolf would call remembering rightly. Maybe that's the lesson in this incomplete story of Paul and Mark. We aren't told the details of why Mark left Paul. We weren't told what the real problem was, and maybe we're not told because they chose not to remember it. They chose to forget it, to let it go. I have a friend, I won't share his name. He's a pastor. He's one of the finest pastors I know. I've told him, I've told you of him before. I I hope you don't mind when I sometimes tell you the same things again and again. Sometimes important things need to be heard more than once. My friend grew up with a mother who faced her own demons. She was on one hand gracious and winsome and charismatic, but because of the mysteries of brain chemistry, she could also be harsh and cruel, even violent. He says he remembers being slapped across the face for no discernible reason. As life has it, children sometimes end up parenting their parents because of the mysteries of the brain. His mother journeyed into dementia. My friend tells of a time when he was visiting his mother at her retirement community. She was struggling to remember, and she asked him, she said, "Son." Was I ever cruel to you? Did I ever strike you? Yes. Yes, you were brutal. You left me with pain that I cannot shake. Your cruelty stalks me in my dreams. I cannot forget your anger. That's what he could have said. But instead, he said, Mother, I have no memory of that. I have no memory of that. It may be impossible to forget the injuries of days gone by, but it is possible by the grace of God to remember rightly. Maybe there is a past you need to remember rightly for the sake of friendship. Maybe there's a disappointment, an injury from which you need to be freed. You know, when, when, something, when something painful is done, if, if we can fix it, we should do everything we can to make it right. But when it can't be fixed, wisdom calls us to let it go. Choose what we remember and choose what we forget in the name of the God who promises to remember our sin no more. And as much as we can, let it go. Your friendship 
your friendship will bloom, your friendship will grow, your friendship will deepen. Because sometimes forgiveness is our only option. Pray with me. Gracious God, we believe. Help our unbelief. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's sermon at Village Presbyterian Church. Learn more about us at villagepres.org. And we invite you to join us again next week.